We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. franchise tag on Kenny Galladay. They didn't use it. Galladay will instead become a free agent after four years in Detroit. Really an interesting move by new GM Brad Holmes. Galladay led the NFL in touchdown catches two seasons ago. Last year, injuries limited him to just five games. The franchise tag would have meant a one-year deal around $16 million. When Galladay signs somewhere else, the Lions are likely due a third-round pick in 2022. That'll be their compensation. Galladay was looking for a long-term deal. Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press said the former third-round pick wanted $18 million a season. Blue Liar. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Lakers turns, gives to Eckler. He tries to go up and up. Oh, the Lions have got it! They took it away! Oh, how big is that? Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 174 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joining my two guys as always, Malcolm Pierre. How you boys doing tonight? Woo! Okay, still bringing the energy. I mean, you guys don't know this, but if you guys hear some sniffling, Malcolm has a little bit of the allergies right now, so me and him connect with the allergies, but he still brings the energy even when he's sick, so this I applaud him terrible. for that. I applaud him for that, but how you doing, my man, besides the allergies? Oh, man, this is terrible, man, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Itchy eyes and all. Eyes is burning. Nose is stuffy, but I'm here. Yeah, so if you guys, if you guys were to see Malcolm's face and if his eyes were red, it's not because... You know, yeah, the other stuff. No, no it's no, not because of other stuff. Allergies. So, um, <laughs> allergies, yeah. Fear, how are you doing today, my man? Man, I'm pretty good, bro. Uh, so, yeah, let's get this started. Yeah, we got Ooh. a bit of an interesting. Oh, I'm getting cut off right now. Sirens. Okay, I thought we were going to talk about something else, but I guess we'll have to see that for a different day. But we got an emergency podcast, it looks yeah, like. So, um, what is it? Let's see. I'm checking my Twitter. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. Oh. Oh, did you guys get the notification too? Am I? Is this a burner? Is Jerry Davis resigning with the Lions or something? What's going on? Oh, no, that's that's not that's not what I got. I just got the notification. Oh, um, Kenny Galladay and Romeo Quara will not be franchise tagged by the Detroit Lions. Ooh. 
Okay. This is breaking. This is stunning. Um, this is okay. Uh, I'm I'm speechless right now. I'm kidding. This happened a couple hours ago, so this is not as breaking as I'm making it sound. Let's get to the point. Galladay, Romeo, Clara are not being franchise tagged. They are now hitting the open market, and the Lions are now making. It looks like for sure moving on from Kenny Galladay, and it looks like they could potentially move on from Romeo Quara as well. And it looks like it's a good chance that they'll be moving on from Romeo Quara. So, um, with that being said, I want to kick it off to Malcolm. I mean, this was a guy in the offseason that you wanted to extend. I know your thoughts have changed on that. We actually had a locker room last Friday. If you guys didn't check that out, we actually posted it on our feed. So go check that out. We did a live stream on locker room and just talked some Lions football. And we talked about this Galladay situation. And we said, do the Lions tag and trade him? Do the Lions just let him walk? Do the Lions extend him? I believe you're on the boat of, let's say, let's tag him and then we'll try to find a trading partner or we'd ride it out of the year. And you were kind of on the same perspective as me. But now seeing the Lions are letting Galladay hit the open market, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so to be honest with you, I kind of figured that this wasn't going to be a long-term option. So as far as me not being so surprised, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really shocked that they didn't do it. Even though I wanted Kenny Galladay to at least be on the roster for a year to give to be some type of a weapon for Jared Goff. But, I mean, I have even said this in the, in the past. Like, even when we first let go of Matthew Stafford, I remember it was a pod we would, I think it would just be in you, Tyler. And I was like, yo, just to hell with it. Just, 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 let, just let, let Kenny G walk. <laughs> and he was like, no, we should, should we shoot? Like, you don't think we should tag it and trade him? I was like, man, just, just, just let him walk. Um, you were in your emotions uh, that day, though. I was in my emotions that day, but it was like, I kind of seen it. I mean, because he's 28 years old. Like, how much of a long term deal do you want with Kenny Galladay as a receiver? So I don't think they were ever going to get that, that figure that was going to make both parties happy. Right. So it is. It is what it is, man. I mean, I wish the best for him, but I'm excited for the future, man. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what they do in the situation going forward. Yeah. So I was on the same boat. Not let him walk, but kind of what you were a little bit ago and saying like maybe we should tag him and explore the trading market and see what you can get for a guy like Galladay. Maybe you can get another day two pick. Um, and if not, you have Galladay for the year. That's not a big deal. You got Galladay for a rebuilding team. You give Jared Goff another option. That's cool. I think, you know, looking at the details of this, of why the Lions are not going to place the franchise tag on Galladay, and something to, you know, not too many people know about, and it's kind of an interesting factor, is if the Lions don't end up signing a believer receiver to $15 million or more this year, they do get a comp pick for Kenny Galladay in 2022, and I believe that would end up being probably a third-round pick. So, in a different way, you are still kind of getting a day two pick. You are still getting a day two pick, most likely, assuming the Lions don't go out on the market and sign a Juju Smith-Schuster or something like that. Assuming they probably don't do that. You're most likely still going to get this day two pick for Kenny Galladay. And that's honestly what I was really looking for, why I would tag him. You kind of just saved the headache. You're not you know, looking for a trademark now. You kind of saved that headache, and you're like, I'm not going to sign anybody to that similar contract. So I'm going to get this compensatory pick for Kenny Galladay in 2022, even when we're probably more ready to compete. So I'll know what what my real roster holds are at that point. Because if you were to place the tag on Kenny this year, let's say, and you want to trade him before the draft, which is in late April, you would have to get a pick for 2021, most likely. And in 2021... Maybe Brad Holmes just wants to see what this roster is all about. He wants to attack the roster, get the biggest needs he thinks, best player available in this year's draft. And then maybe in 2022, you see what those holes are really are 
and then maybe you attack that in 2022. So in a way, you still kind of trade it for Galilee, but in a different way, and it saves Brad Holmes a headache, and you don't have to worry about him being hurt now because you're most likely going to get this comp pick in 2022, assuming that the Lions don't go out in the free agency market and sign a receiver to an expensive contract or anything near Kenny Galladay's contract. So I think it's still success. I think, honestly, the only bad scenario I would look at this uh, with this situation with Galladay is give him the extension because, like you said, he is 28 years old. Um, obviously, had the injury last year, had the injury in 2017. Very good football player, and nobody's doubting that. I think he is a top 10, top 15 receiver in the NFL right now. I don't think anybody's doubting that. Very phenomenal player. But I think when you're entering a rebuild, I think there's more important needs than a wide receiver at the at the current moment. So I, I like it. I like it a lot. I probably would have preferred to tag it. You know, let's make, give Brad Holmes a little headache and let him try to work out a deal. Maybe you can get a, a round two pick if you let the, if you let it play out a little bit. Maybe you let it go into the season. Give Goff an option for like half a season, and then if Galladay's balling, potentially no injuries, maybe you can get something better than that comp pick. But at the end of the day, still getting a day two pick for Kenny Galladay. I think it's a, a success. Um, I think it's a good move by the line. So I'm I'm completely fine with letting Galladay walk. And you know, I think this is going to be a gut punch for a lot of Lions fans because this was a homegrown talent and you know he, he's a guy that you know bald here and it, it sucks but Brad Holmes has his imagery and he's building something here so I think it's very exciting and I'm, I'm completely down for it but um, I can see where it could be a gut punch for some fans but Pierre what's your thoughts on you know the Lions just not franchising Gallaudet let him hit the open market yeah so one thing is if they did tag and you played on the tag that's a 16.4 million dollar cap hit and it's fully guaranteed Thing is, with that, with the the way the cap is this year, it's a little lower, so uh, they probably have to restructure contracts or cut some more players. And more cuts are probably expected to come, but th- that would have been hard for uh, for Holmes to deal with that tag and trade, sure. But then again, Galde has to sign that in order for a trade to go through. He doesn't sign. I mean, it doesn't. Um, Galde could be like, I only want to go to this team, and then this team doesn't really like offer anything, you know. So tag and trade is could be also kind of hard. And then when you look at from this standpoint, they they uh they signed Tyrell Williams a couple days ago. We officially signed today. He's 6'4", 200. Not as big as Galladay, but kind of the same skill set, that vertical threat type of guy. Um, he separates better than Galladay, but Galladay is better at getting the jump ball, obviously. So, and you look at Goff. Goff needs route runners. He doesn't really play well with like uh like just like deep threads or guys who can't separate. He needs guys who could separate just the way his game is. So. I think the move made sense. Um, obviously, I love Kenny Galladay. I wish him nothing but luck. Hope he gets $20 million a year. He probably will on the open market. But that's where I am with this um, right now. Yeah. I, I think getting the comp pick more than likely is what makes, makes this so much easier. I think if the comp pick wasn't involved, I'd be a little frustrated right now. But knowing that we're more likely getting a day two pick in 2022, it's just easy with me. And I'm, I'm completely fine with it. I think it's a, it's a win. But... I'm just kind of glad now looking at the perspective we're full-blown rebuild right now. I'm kind of glad that we're not attaching ourselves to a 28 rebuild, a 28 year old wide receiver when we don't have, I mean, when you look at this roster, you could essentially fill any other position almost. I mean, it's not a very good roster. I think it's a bottom five roster in the NFL and that's not sugarcoating it, obviously. So, um, they're not good. Yeah. Bottom two, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense why they're not attaching themselves long-term to a Galladay. So I, I think overall, it's a win for the Lions, win for Brad Holmes. And 
like I said, Holmes got an image and he's he's building something here. So I think we're all... also uh, sorry to everyone bring up. So also regarding wide receivers, the, this draft is really deep at wide receiver. A lot of people are take one in the top seven, whatever, and that's fine. You could take one in the top seven, but I mean, you could probably maybe still get like a Terrence Marshall Jr., Tillon Wallace, Tutu Atwell, Nico Collins, day two, day three guys. So you could probably still find a solid receiver on the second round or third round, maybe even the fourth and the fifth round, like a Jalen Darden in the fourth or third. Uh, I'm just throwing some names out there right now, but you never know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's important. And I was actually going to say, like, how do you guys feel about that? And I was actually going to ask you guys that question because, I mean, do you want to roll the dice on maybe this guy could be a number one receiver and and, and grab, grab the guy day two, day three, or grab your guy while he's there and say this guy 100% can be a number one receiver? Are you, like, um, number are you, talking, one receiver. Are you talking about pick seven? I'm talking about pick seven. I'm saying, like, right, right. should I mean, should you should you go after that guy now or roll the dice on a guy that can maybe be that I'm, number one receiver? Because right now we don't. Right now, number one receiver is looking like Quincy. <laughs> this yeah. is not good. This no, is, Tyrell this, Williams. This, this, Tyrell, Tyrell Williams. Oh, oh, I mean, so you're looking at Tyrell Williams. You're looking at Quincy Cephas. So this is a very, yikes. This is a very, very scary situation right now. So right. do you grab your for sure guy pick seven, or do you say? Maybe this guy later on could potentially be a number one, number two receiver. I don't. I still don't change my perspective on it. If you guys don't know my perspective, I said I don't draft anything outside of a quarterback or an offensive lineman at pick seven of what we have. I think offered at pick seven that I think makes sense at pick seven. I don't draft anything outside of that. Okay, now you're saying we're only limited to a quarterback and an offensive lineman. Let me explain that. I think if you could trade back. And still guarantee yourself maybe one of those top three receivers. And if you don't know, I'm talking about those top three receivers. Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. I think if you could trade back to a position where you could still maybe get one of those guys. Or even if it's not one of those guys. I think it's still a win. But in a top seven, I'm sorry. You're still too early in this rebuild where I'm not comfortable enough. Where I think you take a wide receiver or a tight end. Like a guy like Kyle Pitts in the top seven. I still think it's a position where you trade back. And then... You know, maybe get your guy at that point. But I know what you're saying. You're you're guaranteeing yourself of getting your guy at pick seven. I don't think the Lions are in their position where they need one of those guys immediately. I know they need a wide receiver one very badly. But I think building the team is more important than getting a number one receiver at this current moment. Um, Let me ask you a question real quick. Let me, yeah. real, real quick. You're more comfortable at grabbing a cornerback at number three 
than grabbing a wide receiver at number seven? Different situations. Completely different situations. I mean, you're you're comparing Bob Quinn's Bob Quinn and Patricia. What year are we calling that? that No, but I'm saying I'm saying like, all right. So if this is a repo, a CUDA at three is not acceptable. If this is a rebuild, but it, last year was not a rebuild. Different situation. I would not accept a Dakota at pick number three if this was this year and we were rebuilding, or if we did it last year and we re- were rebuilding. Okay, so in a, in a rebuilding situation, you want to grab a receiver at, at, at seven, what you're saying. But yeah. this was a different situation where you're contending or whatever, or you don't know what you're doing, like the Lions were last year, because nobody knew what the Lions were doing last year. If the Lions need um, a receiver and they were in that situation, I'd be completely fine with it, but it's a completely different, a completely different situation. This is a, a full blown, full blown rebuild now. At this point, this is not. What, what do we call last year? What was last year considered? Uh, a win now season? I, I don't know what was. Win now mandate. Basically. It was a win now mandate, but like win now yeah. and, and win now mandate. A corner was acceptable. I personally loved Akuda last year, and then I just, like. So I thought it, I, feel, I still think very highly of him, um, especially like in today's NFL. Like, there wasn't really a dynamic pass rusher. Um, they kind of needed a corner, right? I mean, it was a luxury pick. And the Lions treated it like a luxury pick that they were, like, one or two pieces away. I mean, who would right. you take at three, though? Last year's class was kind of, like, I mean, if we're... You don't want to answer this if question. If we were rebuilding... If we were rebuilding, I would... I would <laughs> you know exactly what I would say. <laughs> well, if we were rebuilding, I would consider a quarterback at that point. Because if we were right, in this situation... We weren't yeah. in that situation though, so yeah, they, they weren't taking it. I mean, it's, we, everyone knew that. And, the, and this is why I try to save you guys from last year. I try to save you guys from 2020. I said, let's fire these buffoons in 2019. I said it midway through the season. I try to save you guys from 2020. But right. <laughs> um, let's talk about the other guy though, because another guy didn't uh, well, get franchise. Malcolm, tip. I want to answer Malcolm's question though about the quarterback and the offensive lineman and whatever. Oh yeah, go for it. So um, to me, I'm I'm team quarterback. Trey or Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. They order. I lo- I like all three of them at number seven. I love Wilson at seven. Doubt he falls. The other guys I like. Um, and then Jamar Chase is really intriguing, but I don't think he gets past Philly. Just yeah. the way he r- he runs his routes, how no physical he, gets past he is, Philly. the no jump ball. Like he's not as big, but man, like he's not big. He's not like six two, six three, but he's physical and he's he kind of reminds me of a smaller version of AJ Brown. Okay, but kind of like a better route runner than AJ Brown. I mean, the, the, the guys who I'm literally expecting to be there at seven is is Waddle and and Smith. Two two concerns with those guys. They're um they're small. Waddle, I love Waddle, but like he's kind of small. He's also had some injury issues. And then Devontae Smith reportedly is 165 pounds. I want to see where he is um God at his Alabama pro day. But 165 <laughs> is really scary. Bro, in the that's, NFL. 15, that's 15 pounds more than I am. If yeah. you guys seen my body. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I brought it up many times, man. I told you. I said, this guy is very, very, very small. And you that's said that, a, oh, the conference he's in right now, he plays against those I guys. Really, he's I ready. Was like, I told you he was tiny. I thought he was 175. But the scout we had the other day said the word in the league and the word in the senior bowl, he's 165. But 165 is a big concern for me. I thought it was like around 175. He's like a slender oh, man. Oh, he's he's, yeah, he's tiny. I, I knew that yeah. coming in, but that that cat come. He's been small his whole life. I mean, he's been slim his whole life, but that cat can ball. He's like one yeah, of those two cake glitches. He's like one of those two cake glitches where you see more like the big ass arms and like they're skinny <laughs> as hell. That's what I think of Devontae Smith. The, th- the thing that the thing that I can see with him though, I, I can see that the league the way it's trending now. I mean, is more quarterback wide receiver friendly. I, I don't see him getting hurt unless um somebody does something 
accidentally and yeah. like you know one sixty five though. Could you be pressed? That's the main concern because you know in the NFL they're gonna press you. It's not like college where they give you like little cushion. The NFL they're gonna press your ass, and if you can't beat it, you're gonna get jammed at the line of scrimmage, and you're just stuck. And then you're just stuck. But we'll see, man. That's why I wish it was a combine. See how much he does. Like, I'm gonna say this though. Other drills. Pitts is really interesting. He's not Hawkinson. He's different. He's not. He's not Eric Ebron. He's different. He's he's a different prospect. He's a top prospect, and I wouldn't be mad. Um, Slater and Sewell, other guys, I wouldn't be mad at. Smith is kind of just kind of like a guy that uh, I'd kind of stay away from for now just because of his size. So you're but okay was, with the receiver at seven? Yeah. Okay. But I'd go quarterback first. Um, then after that, it's like wide open. Offensive line is fine. Wide receiver is fine. I really don't prefer Smith, but Smith is a great player. I'm just scared about his size. Do you, you believe he could be a wide receiver one? I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, he has to, First, he has to like prove like he's going to get bigger hope, like right? He, more than 165, maybe hope. Yeah, I think it's older. Yeah, as he matures, he gets a little older. I'm saying, like, right now in the pre draft process, like, at his pro day, I don't know when Bama's pro day is, but I want to see him kind of be like 175, 180, and still not lose his speed. Because, you know, when you're smaller, you're kind of faster. If you bulk up, you want to still have your speed. If you don't have your speed, that's kind of a concern as well. No, yeah, he'd be fine. He'd be fine. If he gains like 10 pounds, 10, 15 pounds, that's not going to really affect his speed too much. I still see him in a 4 4 range. Around All there, right. if he if he anything under four four, that'll be a shocker. Anything above four four would be a shocker to me as well. I think he's like right around that four four four. And uh, Jalen Waddle, if he can stay healthy, he's like a Tyree Kill. That guy is so good in his deep routes. He separates so well. He's so fast. So, do you believe he's a wide receiver one? Yes. Okay. So the question remains: Do you Not grab now? A, but like he has like like potentially be wide receiver. His ceiling is wide receiver. And I think right now, like it's hard to judge, like as a rookie. But like when you draft, you draft based on ceiling, right? Yeah. I think he could be like a Tyreek Hill type of player. Okay. So, do you believe that? Like that, that brings a question. Like, should we grab this? Because right now we have no wide receiver one at all. Like, do we grab right. this guy now, or do we wait around day day two or day three on a guy that could potentially a guy maybe? Can be a wide receiver one because after that, I mean, they're good. These guys are yeah. good. Not, not, not taking talent away, but none of these guys after that are for sure wide receiver ones. They might, yeah. We, they, 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 we, we could draft a guy day two, and he may need a year to develop. I think Bateman could be a receiver one. I think uh, Bateman, might, Bateman might go around one. Terrence Marshall Jr. He, he killed forty. All right, all right. Take, take take out these day two guys. Let's just assume that we're not getting a definite wide receiver one. So you're getting an opportunity to get a definite wide receiver one. I'm still not. I I, I still don't think it's acceptable. To yeah, when you, when you look at He's the Rams take- too, uh, they drafted Cooper Cup in the third or whatever it was, and they Robert Woods. They didn't draft Woods, but I don't think Woods was a first round pick either. So Woods was by the Bills. I mean, he was, was he he signed a there. Pick? Was he a first round? I pick? don't know what pick he, he's old. I mean, he's older now. I didn't. I wasn't scouting at that time, but <laughs> um, he's from the Bills. Yeah, I know, but like, I'm just trying to like say like you don't necessarily. I mean, look at Kenny Galladay; he was a third round pick. Yeah. Chris Godwin, third round pick. But Michael like, Thomas, second round pick. But those are not guarantees. It is that, that, that that's the question I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, you could get a guy in the fifth round, maybe. You know, you could get a guy undrafted. Um, yeah. get, and he yeah. could ball out. You never know. I mean, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but do you roll the dice on a, a, a maybe, then getting that for sure guy round in round one. Right now, I mean, if, if it doesn't work out, say we dropped a guy day two, and just say let's just say he doesn't work out. I'm not saying that's gonna be he's not gonna be good, but just say he doesn't come in right away and have that production of like a number one, number two receiver. 
we'll be out of gas offensively. We're looking at we're looking at TJ Hawkinson as our number one passing threat. Receivers shouldn't be hard for like rookies. Most rookies like just get it right away and just they stay healthy. Receiver is not really that hard of a position for a rookie. Like if they're talented, a lot of rookies just come in like the league right away. So are you against it or taking it? I I I don't know who you are right now. See, now because you're, you're you're swaying away from now. You're saying you're I'm like, saying I'm down to take a receiver in the first, but I'm not like against it. Okay, so, so to answer that question, is, yeah. So so if, if you seven. would you would you would take you would get yeah, your for sure guy if he's there. Then he's then to roll the dice. Choice. My first choice is a quarterback. But you're but, still. Like, I mean, the quarterback yeah, that you, the quarterback that you sure. want, bro. The quarterback you want, bro, is not going to be there. Zach Wilson won't be there, but I still like the other two at seven over the receivers. So, you like that? So, I mean, I think very fair, big possibility those two guys will be there. I think Justin Fields and um, Trey Lance will be there. I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen anymore. Um, I like. I don't touch a receiver in the top seven. I don't touch it at all. Like, if I'm trading back, that's fine, but I do not talk. I mean, one I- guy that would be, like, a home run pick at number seven if they go receiver is Jamar Chase. Just because, like, Chase, he doesn't really have that many questions. He won't be there. He could be there. I mean, anybody that doesn't play a whole year is a question. So Howie Roseman would be an idiot if he passed on Jamar Chase. I mean, uh, Howie Roseman took Jalen Hurts last year. I mean. <laughs> yeah. And passed he up on receivers. Jalen Rager and passed on. Passed I think he learned receivers. his lesson, though. I mean, dude, Jamar Chase was better than Justin Jefferson in college. And look at Justin Jefferson, what he's doing in the league right now. Or or he might go Devontae Smith. You never know. I, mean, I don't know. what the, so, the thing is, I mean, Jamar Chase, I think what, what, what might mess him up is that he didn't play last year. I, I don't really think that's a concern. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna flip the question to you, Malcolm. Would you take a receiver in the top seven? Absolutely. Okay. I, yeah, I, I would too. Absolutely, absolutely because it, it's not like all right, you drop receiver now, you just have that guy. You you, well, you know like, you, you have it, that if, guy. What if Jared Goff's not your long term answer, and you get a quarterback next year, and this quarterback doesn't work well with this receiver? So say and and again, Jay, say Jared Goff is complete doo doo fire. We yeah, get right. you get rid of him, and you can get. But your what if this receiver you? doesn't fit this quarterback? This receiver doesn't fit this quarterback. Well, huh? What do you mean, bro? I think like all the top three receivers could play in any scheme. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean if a receiver can't fit a quarterback? Like, like what if you get a quarterback that fits? Like Kenny Galladay, we were saying how he doesn't fit Goff's game plan as much. Like you know, yeah, you, but those I think, guys I think, are like. What runners. are you talking about? Kenny Galladay bought saying, out with. I get you, it. I get it. Do you guys but, forget that he bought that, out with David Blau? No, 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 but. <laughs> do, we not, do we not disagree? Quarterbacks have preferences at receivers. Hundred percent. They do. They do. You don't have a preference if you're a quarterback at a receiver. Like you don't think Stafford doesn't want a Tyreek Hill or a, like a. Well, a true duh, he wants somebody that could catch the ball and somebody that's good, but he doesn't care. Like if you put Stafford on a team, like they say, okay, Stafford, uh, you're gonna go to the Kansas City Chiefs. You think you'll say, oh shit, I don't want to play with Tyreek Hill? No, no, no. I'm saying is you don't think a quarterback has a preference of what receivers. Style he likes, like a possession guy, a route runner, a speedster. They all have like preferences. I think it's based yeah. on scheme, to be honest. I think it's based on, they scheme, they it's they based on scheme. They don't care. Stafford, don't, played with, Stafford, his career, played with all types of receivers. Okay, Stafford was a terrible example because Stafford could work with anybody. But I'm saying a guy at seven, you want to put him in the best situation. Maybe he's better with the speedster. Maybe he's not a great with a route runner. Maybe he's not a great with the possession guy. Like you fit guys. That's, that's, and so I think that's, everyone would be that's, good that's with that's route not, runner. Let, I think let, like, let, like let me switch this up for you. If Justin Herbert didn't have the weapons that he had, and that he had, and the 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 the, the, the Chargers, he wouldn't have had that success last year. I can tell you that right now. You think you would have the same stuff with all the weapons on, on that field? That receiver core is deep. Okay. Yeah, I, 
That's as I'm saying. It fit his game style. That fits his game plan. That fits his, what his preferences. The, the receivers are already there versus a guy like they drafted a quarterback because they knew what the okay, receiver. Okay, wait, Tyler. I have a question. So, like, yeah. which which quarterback do you think like Waddle, Smith, or Chase doesn't fit with? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not right. necessarily saying none of these guys don't fit with it, but I'm saying Trey Lance maybe works better with a Jamar Chase, or maybe he works better with a Devontae Smith rather than a Jamar Chase. Like you know, there's preferences for each guy. Rather I think than- like I think um you need like a deep threat. You need a route runner. You need a guy kind of like your security blanket. Like I attack the quarterback before I attack a receiver because I want this quarterback to definitely be comfortable with this receiver going forward. I, my thing is I don't mind building first and then plugging a receiver, uh, a quarterback in that already has all the pieces because at that point, like you're in a situation like Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is in a situation that they pl- they plugged in this quarterback and then they're like, all right, we'll we'll figure it out. It was they, awful. They were like, we'll figure it out. You know, and they never they never figured it out because they never got a receiver. <laughs> you know, versus if they had a receiver there already, say they had a thousand yard receiver, and then they said, okay, now we have a thousand yard receiver. Let's get Sam Darnold. You know, Sam Darnold now has a weapon. Sam Darnold never had a weapon in New York. Well, he did, and he had Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, but he, Robbie Anderson wasn't a he wasn't a thousand yard receiver because they didn't use him correctly, and maybe yeah, that, that was that, that's that's that exactly that strengthens my point because Darnold didn't work well with Robbie Anderson. They plugged in Robbie with Darnold. Robbie goes to Carolina, works with Teddy. He works better with him. I, I think it's I, I, I think it's more of a scheme thing though. Exactly. And, 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 but I think it's Adam Gates. I don't think anyone works well with Adam yeah, Gates. Yeah, but I think it's more of a, I like think a, we're getting like, off topic here. But what I'm we saying are. is that like quarterbacks definitely have preferences at receivers. I mean, of who they want to work with, of what, what type of guys they want to so, work so with. So let me get it straight. So you think if if you had a really talented receiving core, so say if, for example, Jared, like, all right, we get a, we get Jamar Chase this year. Okay. And you know Jamar Chase has a thousand yards with fucking Jared Goff, and Jared Goff is still playing like ass. We get rid of him. <laughs> And it says, let's say we plug in a quarterback. You think you're gonna say, "Oh, I don't want to play with Jamar Chase. He's not. He Jamar Chase is not. Well, Jamar, Jamar Chase is not good Jam- enough. Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. It's a little different, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you have a if you have a talented receiver, no matter what quarterback you plug in, he's gonna come in and play with the talented receiver. It doesn't matter who who the quarterback is. But what's gonna help you win games more, a receiver or a quarterback? Dude, well, the quarterback I, I don't know short. what we're doing here. Exactly. I don't know what we're like saying here. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're saying here either. I'm just saying that you could. The, what I'm saying is that you don't have to rush the, res, the quarterback right now. You don't. You could, we don't have to rush the receiver either. <laughs> for do you say that now for Jared Goff? But Jared Goff Wait, is not going to happen. Hold up, but if you don't rush the receiver, okay, in free agency, this is, this if you is for, sign. This is for next year, guys. I mean, I understand yeah. next year doesn't really matter, but you don't want Jared Goff in the worst possible situation ever. I we have, have absolutely to. nobody. I think they have to draft like a couple of receivers, and if they go out and sign like a Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel, that third comp could turn like to a fourth or fifth comp. Yeah, if, if we on... if we have this roster at far receiver roster. So, we don't. That's we not, don't, that's, we not, don't that's, that's not going to be the receiving core. They're going to sign somebody. I, I know that. Draft somebody. If they don't attack it hard, if they don't get a number one option, so say if yeah, okay, let's so say if they get a guy later on and he doesn't become a number one option, this is not going to look good. 
and that doesn't matter to me. If golf is not good with him, it's okay. Golf is not long term. Is, is that fair to golf? It's though? not fair, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. They didn't attack it. That's okay. Then I think like, um, with the, with this receivers class, you have to at least draft two receivers. That's where I'm at. Whether it's in the third, fourth, second, third, whatever. That's fine. I think you have to I draft two receivers. In this class. Don't take one at seven. Jamar Chase is very, very like if the three quarterbacks are off the board, Jamar Chase is. Like after obviously uh, Trevor Lawrence, so four QBs are off the board. Jamar Chase is really, really intriguing. I don't. Talk I that. actually like. I think he's a top three player, top four player in this class. He's really good. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I mean, shoot. I think Kyle. I, I, told, you, I told you guys. He's, he's a baller. Kyle Pitts and, is a baller. And, and what this would do also, this would give the quarterback of the future a dynamic weapon. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. Whether it's uh, Pitts or or. Honestly, Devontae Smith would be like my last option out of those guys. I wouldn't be mad if they took him. I'm just really concerned about his size. I mean, you think about look at this way: you're gonna if you, whoever you if you draft a receiver, you're gonna have a, a a number one option for the next four years. Right. That's that's, that's, that's so you look at it that way. I don't five think that, five years because you have fifty options. Yeah, five years, five years, five years. All right, we still got another player to talk about. We got to talk about Romeo Cuara now. Romeo Cuara didn't get franchise tagged by the Lions either. All right, so we got to talk about another player. Romeo Cuara is also not getting franchise tagged, and he's not hitting the open market as well, and they're not committing to him. At least they're, they could still sign him. They could still sign him, but if it would make more sense to sign him, franchise him, and then work out a long-term contract. But it doesn't seem like Brad Holmes has that interest unless – he thinks he can get him cheaper. I don't know. I no. I don't think it's happening. I think if they were to do it, they would have franchised him, and then they would have worked out the contract. But they didn't do that. So I'm going to kick it out to Pierre. Pierre, what's your thoughts on Brad Holmes letting uh, Romeo hit the open market? Well, his tag number is 17.7 million, and that's just dumb tagging at that number. That that's a ridiculous price tag. I don't think Aquara is worth 17.7. Nothing against Aquara. He could probably reach that one day, but right now he's not that. And if you look at like Spotrack. They value him at ten point one million a year, and then over the cap values him at eleven point seven. So his market is probably ten to twelve million, maybe in free agency like thirteen to fourteen million. Fourteen probably his max. So it, it didn't make sense at all. I think it's a smart move. Now could the Lions resign him? Maybe I don't know. It's a smart move not tagging him. You don't want to have seventeen point seven million dollars on the books for a guy who's coming off a ten sack season for the first time in his career. I got a little different perspective on this one. I would have been completely fine tagging Romeo Aquara for the year. Really? I don't care about the cap this year. I really I do. Don't. You have to. No, no, no. I care about it to a certain degree. But, like, having Romeo Aquara and then working out that long-term deal is fine by me. Yeah, but if you tag him, you're basically saying, like, you're worth that much. You're worth that much for a year, and then I'll commit to you to a longer deal after that. You want a four-year deal? I'll sign Romeo Aquara to a four-year deal. That's fine. What are you going to give him? What's that four-year deal going to look like? Yeah, just what you just said. Eleven to twelve million dollars a year. Why would he sign that? He's, he's at seventeen million this year. He'll just play fran- off the tag this franchise. year. It's a franchise tag. Yeah, so. I'd rather have seventeen million for one year guaranteed versus having like twenty million guaranteed on like a four-year deal. You have seventeen million. So you think for Romeo year. would keep taking seventeen million a year franchise, franchise, franchise every year rather than taking a, a four or five-year deal for twelve years? Twelve million. Yeah, basically a year? that guaranteed money is going to be about twenty million fully guaranteed, maybe sixteen, seventeen. The tag number is seventeen point seven. He has that in one year. So I don't think tagging him really makes sense. But now you're letting him hit the open market. He can sign with any team. And now. that's fine. He's not worth $17 million. Like he's For a not year. A top no, no. Player but at he's, he, he's never going to get $17 million a year. The franchise tag is for top No, no, no. I'm saying for a long term of time. Where you could have committed to Romeo Quara for a long term of time. 
I thought he was worth a guy that you could commit to four or five years. I thought he's a guy you could build your defensive line off of. You could, but that's for seventeen million on the tag. He's not the seventeen million. The seventeen million is only for one year. You're, that's a different perspective. If you go three or four years down the line, you're it not going to. It still doesn't make sense, though. Have you ever seen a player get tagged and then sign a lot less than the tag? You're thirteen million dollars to twelve million dollars a year signing for a five-year commitment. I think is better than making seventeen. Million I know. I know that makes where you sense. Could blow your, where you could blow your knee out and you're done for the whole. Your that whole makes career. that makes sense. What you're saying, but have you ever seen a player like? Get top value on a one-year deal, and then after the tag, take a lot less. Gianzo, He got tagged with the Lions, but then afterwards, yeah, and he they didn't went sign to a long-term deal. He got tagged, and then he left in free agency because he didn't fit what they were going for. What they were doing for with Patricia, and he was hurt a lot. But exactly, but Zigianza is not a good example, though. So you want you'd rather have Romeo Quara play seventeen point seven on this year, and then let him leave next sure. year. No, 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 I would have commit. I would that Ziggy. Out. That was Ziggy. Basically, played on. No, no, no. I, I, would have, I would have worked the deal out with Romeo Aquara during the season and got a I know. Deal but what I'm trying him. to say is, 17 million doesn't make sense. You're talking about 18 million almost, 17.7 for a year. That doesn't matter. It's a rebuilding. Yes, it year. does. What? What? Why? What does it matter? Why does it matter? Why are you giving a guy 18 million when he's worth like 12 million, 13 million for a year where the cap doesn't matter for you? You're not signing. It does matter. Why does it matter? Who are you signing this off to? You want to allocate your resources right. What are you talking? You want you don't want to overpay a guy by six, seven million for one year, and you're working on a long term contract with that, and this and it works with it. Tyler, that's what I'm trying to say. When you tag a guy, why? Okay, I don't Romeo Carr wouldn't take a deal if he, if they worked out a long term deal. Like I said, you're getting the long term commitment for five years for twelve to thirteen million dollars a year. You're not get it though. Why like, wouldn't he do when it? Did, you don't get what I'm saying. When has a guy? But like, why wouldn't he do it though? When when has this happened in the NFL? Why would the Lions do it? Okay, so if he gets franchise tagged, seventeen point seven okay, million dollars. Okay, okay, yeah, he gets that seventeen million. He hits the open market in two thousand twenty-two. He, let's say he doesn't work that long-term commitment with the Lions. Say he has the same season as he did in uh, yeah. twenty in twenty twenty. What's he making still? Same money. That twelve to thirteen million dollars. Why would you give him that? He's getting that regardless. You're giving him for the year. He's going to get. That's the, a big cap hit. You can't. For 2021, you're giving the them. The Lions, they literally can't do nothing. They don't even have cap space right now. But Romeo Quara is going to get 12 to $13 million regardless a year, whether with the Lions or whether without yeah, the Lions. Yeah, so why are we giving him $4 million more than he's worth or $5 million more for than he's worth? For one year, but you're working out a long term commitment Again. to a lineman that you it's could not. build off your defensive line off. So why not just sign him to a long term extension and forget the tag? Now he's, on, he's on an open market now. Anybody could get him. Right. But so now, but you're now him doesn't make sense at seventeen point seven. But you have the luxury of working a long term deal once you get the tag done, because that means you, both sides are agreeing to it. Why and would that, he though? He's got seventeen point seven for a year guarantee. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe he works out a long term agreement with the Lions because they gave him that franchise tag. Why would he? Why wouldn't he? Because he's going to get that seventeen point seven. He's not even worth that much. I'm taking that seventeen point seven and be like, I'm not signing nothing right but now. He's going to get that same money, or he's going to get that twelve to thirteen million dollars, regardless of whatever team he signs with. Yeah. After so you keep on. saying that. That's five million more than his actual value. That's exactly. like saying like, like next year or when when like a quarter. I don't know how to say this. Which player can I think of? I don't. I don't know which player I could think of, but no, no one has ever done that in the NFL. No one has given a guy. A lot more than he's worth on a one-year deal, and then gave him a long-term extension worth less than the tag. When you tag someone, that's the price you're giving them. That's their market value. So when they signed Ziggy onto a franchise tag in 2017, he was worth it then. Was he? 
Yeah, I mean, like at the time he was. No, he, I don't think he was. But yeah, the Lions the, had no one. The whole point, exactly. The Lions only play right now. Though. They were competing, though. Like they were supposed to compete, and, but and now the, the Lions are rebuilding. I, and I bet the Lions' intentions when they gave him that franchise tag was to work out a long-term deal with Ziggy Ansah, most likely, or it was a prove-it deal. I think it was more like a prove-it one-year kind of thing. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you get him for the year, and then you work out the long-term contract at that point. Now he's on the open market. You can sign with anybody. But Ziggy and Okwara are two different players. Ziggy was like a big sack guy his entire career, uh, for the most part. Okwara. I, 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 get, I get what Pierre is trying to say. Um, because, like, I'm going to use Ziggy Ansah, for example. How much was it? He was playing, he was getting over 17 million in his own franchise tag? His franchise tag in 2017. If Ziggy would have stayed healthy all year and was a 14 side guy that year again, he would have got 17, 18 million, maybe 19 million. Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't see them decreasing what they paid him originally. So I, I get what Pierre is saying, but I get what you're saying that, you know, why wouldn't he take a for sure thing? You know what I mean? Because he's going to get that regardless. Yeah, because, I mean, if he gets hurt, I mean, I mean, it's about the same thing. But it all depends on the guaranteed money. Would it be yeah. worth it for him? Because he's making yeah. $17 million, like like Pierre was saying, why, why, why would he take that less of a contract? I mean, he's already making – he made $17 million off that franchise tag. Yeah, but how long the, – the thing with the franchise tag, it's scary. Look at Bud Dupree. He, t- he took, uh, what, two franchise tags, I believe? Now he had a torn ACL, but he was balling this year. And now we were just talking about before the show, his market's going to be so much lower. Okay, now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But what I'm trying to say is like, but Dupree is a different player too. He was like consistently good. Okwara just had his breakout year this year, right? Yeah. But like, like he's Okwara an up and Well, we look at him as like an up and comer, right? He's an up and comer, but he's not worth $17 million on a one-year deal. So, no so, for, for, so for example, if, if we sign him for a four-year deal, we'll be his guaranteed money. I mean, he's going to get $12 million a year, most likely. $12 million a year, but it will be like his guaranteed. So say like, we got hurt year one. Will at signing? Yeah. I mean, probably around 17 to 20 Around or 17. Like so it's about the same shit. About, yeah. So I don't know. What I'm trying to say is, though, I would try to work out a long-term contract with Romeo Quar, But without franchise tagging him, I think that eliminates that, essentially. Franchise tagging him, does he's not like a franchise player. He's not like a game-changer. But don't you think he has a potential to be one of those guys in the defensive line you could build off? I definitely think he is. That's he, why I'm I'm like high he on does, but he's not like he's not like a uh, he's not like I don't know what to say. He's a guy um, that gets to the quarterback. And gets he gets guy- to the quarterback, but he's not like a top like ranked pass rusher. He's not like a Shaquille Barrett. That, that's a guy you tag, right? Yeah. And, okay. I mean, he's shit. not like a he's not like a young and Dominican Sue. That's the guy you tag again. Martin May, you didn't. He's an idiot. Okay, but um, uh, I mean, getting ten sacks in the Detroit Lions defensive line is impressive, bro. I would say that it's not like it's, he got he he did it not, by himself. He's not elite. He's not elite. Could he be elite though? Do you think Maybe. he has elite in him? But right I, now he's I, not worth eighteen, nineteen, whatever, seventeen million a year. He's just not. Like I I, I see elite in Romeo Quara. I see a superstar or a very not a superstar a very good player in Romeo Quara. A Would you give Romeo Aquara a Trey Flowers contract? Not right now. Yeah, there you go. But I, I don't get it. I mean, he's a guy who's shown to be more productive than Trey Flowers. Yeah. In his past. And yeah. Trey Flowers w- was able to get a $16, 17000000 million contract. And, no, and nobody cared. Nobody, everybody, everybody celebrated. 
we knew what Trey Fowler was going to bring. We knew Trey Fowler wasn't going to be a double sack guy. And we still celebrated. We still was happy. He was a pressures guy, and then for whatever reason, just didn't work out here. But um, so would you? So you wouldn't give him a Trey Flowers? So why tag him then? I, I personally would. That's just me. Oh, I wouldn't. Because I mean, he did that on his own. That that's that's the scary part. He did that with Penasini, Danny Shelton, <laughs> uh, Nick Williams, <laughs> Trey Flowers, half out of the year. Jamie, or, yeah, yeah, Jamie Collins. I'm just Everson saying. Griffin, yeah, I'm like, I, I mean, that, that was a terrible defensive line. That was and a pretty terrible. Tag. That was a pretty terrible defensive line. So it, yeah. imagine like if he had some real help. True. If you want to say go get that open market, I don't even. I don't think any team would even give him near that. He's probably not going to get it. No. But I'm saying like, but a 26 year old defensive lineman, 10 sacks on the Detroit Lions in 2020 with Matt Patricia's team. That's pretty damn impressive, and pretty damn impressive for a guy I'd willing to build around for. Again, I wouldn't give him like 18, 19, 20 million a year, whatever that is. And I wouldn't I mean, either. I don't, th- I don't think they can right now because look at what they're giving Trey Flowers and. Now you'll be paying Romeo Cora, and it'll be tough. It'll be tough to give him eighteen million. I don't think they can they even give him eighteen million. He's not even worth afford? eighteen million. Can yeah, you can backload contract. You can I mean, have a could... signing bonus and backload the contract, basically. Okay. Like big signing bonus this year, minimum salary, so he gets the money up front. So, so is Romeo a guy you don't even attack in free agency in the open market? You now? do, but you don't give him like. I told no, no, no. You, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying the 17 million. Would, are you attacking Romeo Core on the open market? Are you I'm still not, interested? If, if, like, if he goes over like 13 million, probably not. Just well, where the lines are right where do, now. Where do you rank no, him we, as far? We, where do you rank him said. as far as um, defensive ends that's in the open market? Like, do you rank him like in the top five, top three? So who's on there right now? You have Yannick Ngakwe. He's on there, but Dupree, Ed Rusher, Judon's on there. Melvin Ingram. Ingram, those guys are all better than him. I think he's top five. I think I would commit to any, I'd commit to Romeo Cuara to almost any guy we just said right now. Yeah, because he's younger. Not much for history. His production is higher than all those guys right now. Than last year. Last year production, I mean, is better than all those guys. Yeah, I'd commit to him too, just not like 18, 19, whatever it is. We just said we're not committing to him long term, though. If it's what we said, twelve to thirteen. Yeah, but like the franchise tag is a seventeen point seven million dollar cap hit for two thousand twenty one. Yeah, that's a big no. You're but basically we, saying to yourself, "Look, we're not going to sign no free agents. Like they, they don't even need to sign. Where you're going to say, um, we're going to give him? That's really a bad look, bro. What's a bad look about it? Seventeen point seven for Romeo Aquara? No." Wait, what's a bad look about keeping Romeo Cuaro? At eighteen million, basically, no. For one year on a seventeen. No, absolutely not. But, no, actually, if he did that, I would be so mad at Holmes. But no, what's wrong with that? What do you mean? Why, why is that a bad look? You said it's a bad look. Why? Because he's, he's not had, even worth that. He's not even close to that. But he had a ten sack season. So what? That's ten one year. It's not like he had like fifteen, sixteen sacks and like a hundred pressures or whatever. Didn't he, like, ha- didn't he win most of his one-on-one battles when he was on the field? Good for him. That's good for him, right? He had 10 sacks or whatever. But it's not like he's like an elite pass rusher. He's a good pass rusher. He's an ascending player. He's not worth $18 million to me. And he's never going to be worth $18 million for the long term. And that's why Brad Holmes did not franchise him because of that reason. He didn't want to give him $18 million. So for, uh, what happens if he comes out next year and gets 10 sacks? Good for him. 
No, I'm saying like, would you? Where would you? Where would you rank him? Would you say he's only edge rusher or the pass rusher? Mm, I want to see. I mean, what... if, if he goes to a good situation, he's gonna. I mean, if he did that on the Lions, I think he could do that on Tampa Bay. I think he could do that on any other team. I mean, we said we said Shaquille Barrett. I think he could do that in Tampa Bay as well. Yeah, I want to see more. You know. So how do you? Team, how do is gonna go out and give him like sixteen? So 17. how how do you see more from him? I mean, that's that's the thing, and this is why I kind of see what Tom is coming from with the franchise tag. Because say if he comes out and balls out next year, gets fourteen sacks, then what? But like you don't get like, for example, Trey Hendrickson, he had thirteen and a half sacks, right? The Saints yeah. did not tag him. Well, they're like yeah. fifteen million dollars on the yeah, death they, they tagged Marcus <laughs> Williams, so the safety they tagged their safety. I I don't know how, but yeah. They're just pushing a lot of money into the future. They're just like, yeah, that's what they're doing. So, I mean, they, they chose not to tag Hendrickson. Hendrickson had 13 and a half sacks for one year, basically. He kind of had like the Aquara breakout year, kind of. Yeah. Like, you got to do it consistent. You're not going to like give a guy like 17, 18 million for that. And the Saints are built yeah. to win now. They're like, you know what? You can, you can leave, bro. We, we don't want to sign you. Let's right. see what they told Hendrickson. Are the Saints the win build now? Like the Saints, I mean, I think they're looking. Their for roster is literally built to win now. With the, before the dead cap until before they have to cut guys, they, they're like they restructured a million deals already. They're still sixty million dollars under the dead cap right now. They're minus forty, I believe, or something like that. I, think I looked today, minus fifty million dollars under the dead cap, even with all those restrictions. So. Figure that's, it out, bro. I don't think it's a good example. <laughs> it is though. They tagged a safety today. And Over I don't agree Hendrickson. with that. And I do not agree with that. Yeah, so they could, if they wanted, they could be like, all right, we'll tack Hendrickson over the safety. But they tack the safety. And I probably would have done that for me personally. Because I value defense alignment more than a safety. Yeah. But it's probably, it's probably cheaper to tag a safety than it is to tag a defense alignment. But like, you're talking about like $7 million, and that's not really like a big deal. Like versus a pass rusher or a safety, 13 and a half sacks, right? So they, yeah. they felt like, all right, you know what, we're just going to. We we don't want to pay you. Go out and get your money on the market. We want to keep Marcus Williams. Yeah, I don't know. That's a not to get too Saints, but it's an interesting decision and not a decision I necessarily agree with either. So, so Romeo Cora, you guys, final 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 statement. You guys, he's not going to be a line next year. He could be. Um, I think he's going to hit the market though. He's heading the open market. I think he's going to go to the highest bidder. Yeah, I don't think we have a shot. I think, somebody, I think I think somebody is going to overpay for him. I think he's going to get a pretty good, solid contract. I mean, guys, look, they look at these guys that get double digits, these double digits sack guys. Look at um the Smith brothers. They came in, they had what they were. I mean, Zadarius, Zadarius Smith, like when he was with the Ravens, he had like what one one double digit sack year. Then come to the Packers and balls out. Yeah, I, I don't know. Me personally, I'm a bit disappointed of looking like that. They're going to let Romeo Cuara walk because, like I said, this is a guy that I think we could have put at you know the edge spot for five, six years, four or five years, and he's a commitment I'm willing to give because he was good in 2020 with a bad situation. So I could only imagine what he could do in a good situation. So I'm a bit disappointed that they are letting Aquara test the market and it's seeming seemingly looking like Aquara is going to be gone at this point. I'm not going to lie. I would have been really mad if Holmes put the tag on him. Because mad. you basically have Flowers making $18 million, right? Whatever he's making. And then you have Aquara making 17.7 cap hit. Where are you spending your resources on defense? I mean, 
we'll get into that when we start talking about some free agents and breakdowns. But like overall, I don't see the Lions doing much splashy moves this offseason, regardless. So no, they that, they probably won't. But like I'm saying, um, where if you, if you gave them like seventeen point seven, and then you have Flowers has like a high deck cap hit this year, you're you're looking at a lot of like money committed to two guys that are like not really proven much with the Lions. Opara had one breakout year. Well, Flowers is not a long-term plan. That's that's wrong. Nah, but you're like the resources though you're allocating to that position could harm you adding like a younger guy at another position. I'll say I'll say I'll say Romeo. I want to say he had one break because you know he had the seven sack year, seven and a half sack last year, and then he just got better. He got ten sacks this year, so he's a guy who's definitely ascending, and he's definitely hands down our best pass rusher. Hands down, our best pass rusher. And saying he the is. best pass rusher on the lines is not. And that's like that's the but saying he's a good passer, I think in any other situation is still like, fair. I think he's. A I very think he's, I think he's a very. I mean, you put him on a different team, he's gonna get. I For think, eighteen no million, what team, though, eighteen million. I don't. I want to be shocked if a team threw eighteen million at him. No way. I don't see that happening. There's no way. <laughs> I, I don't think it happens either. I think he's gonna be around that thirteen-ish, twelve-ish range, probably. Do you think so? Yeah, you know, I think, they, you know, think a I team think, could go to like a bidding war, like a team that really wants them. And then if they do maybe, that, maybe, maybe, think, maybe two or three teams that really want them, and they're like, "No, I want them," and then they, they're like, they have go through a bidding war with them. I, I think I sixteen think is so. the cap. I think sixteen would be the cap, is or the bidding war would get exceeded, or someone <laughs> would step out. Dude, if he gets, if he gets um, seventeen, eighteen, good for him. I just don't see it. I don't know. Like I said, this is a guy I think you build off of. And this is a guy I think you put your your resources into, but you know uh, Cleveland is I a mean, good landing it, spot for him. Indianapolis is a good landing spot for him. Uh, it, the Titans need a pass rusher. The Jets Jets could be a good spot for him with Salah. So it just sucks. Back to the Giants. It just sucks because we have no pass rushers on this team now. And I know we, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to just rebuild that completely, and that's fine. But I don't know. This is someone a staple I wanted in this defensive line going forward because he's still young enough to be a staple in a building block. So it's, I mean, if you believe he could be a staple, so why the hell won't you pay him? I don't, I don't get it. I if mean, you believe he could be, if, if you believe he could be a staple, does shouldn't that be a guy you pay? Well, like Peter mentioned, it's like you're locking yourself up to all these guys at this point, and it's like, is he worth fifteen million right now? Probably not. It just seems like an overpay right now at that point. Yeah, but, you don't want to be stuck with a bad contract, bro. Like, yeah, he's done it at like one year. He had ten sacks, but. If you look at his other years, like he's ascending, but is he like could he be that league guy or is this just his ceiling? Is his ceiling like ten sacks, eleven sacks, twelve sacks, whatever? I mean, if you do that consistently, I think you're in that elite category. I don't think you're elite. I think elite is like TJ Watt, like Aaron Donald type of guys who like constantly put pressure. Teams have to scheme for you. Teams, I mean, like Do you think Zaria Smith is an elite edge rusher? I don't know how he did this year. He was good his first year, but I wasn't paying attention. I mean, if you look at his first year, do you see him as an elite edge rusher his first year? He was really good in his first year. Was he? A, is he an elite? Because his numbers, I mean, well, what did he do different than Romeo Core? What did he do different? What did he do different than Romeo Core? I'll pull up his numbers for you right now. Hold up. Let's see. He had I mean, 13 sacks, he, bro, and he had... Yeah, 13 sacks. He had uh, 51 pressures, four forced fumbles. You're talking about, like, I think Smith is a tier above Romeo Quara. Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, how much better, like... A lot better. Like, really? Green Bay would literally move him around all over the line, scheme, scheme him up some things. Yeah, I think it's a lot better. 
Okay. And this is nothing against Okwara. I think Okwara is a solid player. I just don't think he's. Worth... I think you just view him differently. I, I think that's the only thing is that you don't view him as a as a staple. I don't view him as an elite player. I he, he, he's he, built around he, him. I don't view him as an elite player. Okay, that's fine. that's completely fine. Okay, that that's just the differences. We we view him differently. I think, and that's why I, I'm a bit against. And you're completely fine with not having Romeo. I just, I just think he's a. I just think he's a, he's a sunny. I think that he could be that guy. Like I want to be shocked if he has a hell of a end, end up having a hell of a career. Yeah, I definitely see that. He could if you like put him on a good D line, like say like opposite of Miles Garrett, or like if you put uh, him on that, he's, I guarantee you put him on. If you, if you put him next to somebody, he's going to be elite. I guarantee next you that. Next to DeForest Buckner, maybe he could do some magic. Who knows? Because he, he was already magic. Magic. He was. He was already good. And what I said with, with Tennessee, he's solid. Delton. He's solid with absolutely nobody. So if you put him with somebody, I guarantee you have elite numbers. Hundred percent. We'll see, man. It's 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 like it's different. Okay, I, I, I think that's an interesting way to close this off. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I think one move we all agreed on, Galladay hitting the open market completely fine with, and then Romeo Aquari have a little bit of mixed thoughts. I think me and Malcolm were more on the same page, and Pierre... I'm down to re-sign it, I just don't want to tag him. I don't like, think it's happening. I, I don't think he's re-signing, and that, that's the point. Yeah, I think, I think somebody's going to overpay for him, so I don't that's think, fine, I don't think we're going to get him. Yeah, the Lions are rebuilding, guys. It's not like this is going to take one, two years. You got to get the right players in your scheme. You got to. It's not like it's not a thing that's going to happen overnight. No, and I, brother, and you can get a potentially a third, another third round comp pick for um for letting him walk. So that's two third round. Yeah, you could if you don't sign an edge rusher, and a team signs them to like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, maybe a third or fourth round comp pick. Yeah, you get a pick for him. Yeah, let's ask walk then. We got his brother. <laughs> his brother. I mean, his right. brother's ceiling is his brother's ceiling is through the roof. He just needs to stay healthy and better in a run too. He's kind of small. Okwara was not good at setting the edge either. Yeah. Oh. oh he actually um, was not good. But um, yeah, different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I. I. I we'll, we'll settle. Settle there. Okwara is gone. Most likely, Galladay's most likely gone too, and the Lions are starting to rebuild. It's interesting. Rebuild. And I'm fine with it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's scratch this roster apart. I love what Brad Holmes is doing so far, though. This is maybe the one move that kind of just scratched my head a little bit, but that's about it. But uh, I disagree, but... I know, Peter, you disagree. You've told, me, you've told me a million times to disagree. Franchise hacking would have been a big head scratcher. And I big, think that would have been like... The league would have been shook. Like, why do they franchise this guy? You told me you disagree with me already. I get it. <laughs> All right. Same. With that being said, we're out, guys. Uh, I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Hope you're all staying safe. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm. I'm out. Peace.